Hi everyone, this is Dr. Tracy Jones. Welcome to the Tremendous Leadership Podcast. Today, we speak with author, pastor, mentor, and coach, Jack Hickey, about what it takes to pay the price of leadership. You're listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Tracy Jones. Welcome to our Tremendous Leadership podcast, Leaders on Leadership, where we pull back the veil on leadership and talk to great leaders about what it takes to pay the price of leadership. And today, I'm super excited to have a dear friend, one of our tremendous authors, John Patrick Hickey, or Jack. I stumbled over that because I know him as Jack. And he is the author of seven books dealing with personal development and fulfilling your purpose in life. He has been a life coach, a mentor, a speaker, a trainer, a pastor, obviously an author, and it is his belief that we are all created for a purpose, and that purpose is good. It is by coming to know our creator and to follow that dream that we find true fulfillment and can change the world. Amen, brother. Jack, thanks so much for being here. Oh, thank you, Tracy. Absolutely. Well, we're going to get started, Jack. I know you have had a wonderful career. You're a wise leader. You had a lot of different experiences under your belt. But as we talk about the price of leadership, my father says that leadership is one of the greatest things we can do. But boy, it's also one of the toughest things we're going to get. We're going to do, but it's all worth it. And so we're here to encourage our leaders. And can you talk to me, Jack, about the first price that my father brings up on uh, the price of leadership? And that is loneliness. And, you know, we've all heard the phrase, it's lonely at the top. And so a lot of times in our leadership journey, we hope that we have great followers and team members around us, but sometimes we feel kind of lonely as a leader. Can you share with our listeners um, sometimes maybe in your career that you've dealt with that or what loneliness means to you as a leader? Uh, yeah, I kind of see it from two different perspectives. One is from my years of pastoring, I was administrative pastor of a pretty large church in the Detroit area. And, um, you know, being in that type of a leadership role, people look up to you, people see you as a leader, um, but you're separate. Even though you might have good relationships with people and you're you're with them, you're always separate. You're, you know, you're you're over here and they're over here, kind of thing, and and you do have to deal with that separateness because not all of that separateness is a bad thing. People need to have leaders they can, in a sense, look up to people who they can follow, who they can look at as someone who will um, lead them down the road rather than just always, in a sense, walking on next to them. It's, it's a nice idea of always being buddies with everyone, but that's not what a leader is. He's not your buddy. <laughs> He's there to help lead and to guide and, and to move you forward. And, you know, the other perspective is, working for the last seven years, I've, I've just been writing. And so I work by myself and, you know, you've got that part where you really don't have anybody you're leading because you're it, you're, <laughs> you're the whole company, you're the, you're the whole business. Um, and for people like me who I tend to be an introvert, um, 
it's important that you kind of guard that part because it's easy to hide within yourself and you don't grow that way. You don't learn. If all you got is just you, you stunt your growth. You're not going to go anywhere. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're not getting that input from other people and other sources. So you have to always be aware to purposely go out and connect with other people, find people who can, in a sense, um, lead and mentor you, get resources that are going to help you along the way. You brought up that first part. You know, I was in the military, and what you talked about in the first part was we call it fraternization. And the enlisted were here, and the officers were here. And, you know, because you're the officer and you have your troops, you're all part of a team, but yet there is this separate, separate but together. And I think that's really important for later. You know, we're not Michael Scott from the office. We're, you know, know, we're going to be buddy buddy with everybody. Um, You want to be present, but you, there are still boundaries, and I think that is important. And that can be tough, especially if you're a leader that likes to be liked by everybody. I mean, that can be really uncomfortable. Sometimes people get promoted from the ranks up, and that's one of the hardest things they have to deal with. That now you're kind of in a different classification, I say. Yeah, because you're not going to – I mean, if your goal is to be liked by everyone, you know, it's Steve Jobs said, if you want to be liked by everyone, sell ice cream. It's like, because it's just not going to work that way if you want to be a leader, you know, because as a leader, and I'm not saying that you purposely go out and insult people or do things that are not going to like you, but you do have to identify that you're separate. You know, a a leader is leading. That's someone's got to be in front of the pack and someone's got to be in that position of of leading the way and if you look you know as as a pastor you know my my examples of leadership were coming from scripture and you you'll see that you know leadership in scripture was a lonely road <laughs> you know it was that people had to stand in front right. and, and the others followed right and but I, I love the part where you said that, that don't hide within yourself too. And sometimes the organization, if you're the leader and there's only like one of you for whatever reason, um, find other leaders because you need that sounding board. You need, and that's why we're doing this podcast so other leaders can be mm-hmm. into. And so that's the other great point. Um, even though you're you're kind of separate, you need to be connected um, with other leaders because you need that for for many different reasons. And we're going to kind of talk about the next point which is weariness, okay? Because leadership, everything rests on you. And in a different way, I mean, I've been an underling and I'm like, yeah, big deal what the boss is doing until you become the boss and you're like, wow, I kind of didn't know that it was all of this and you're never really off the clock and you can be, you know, sued or ruined financially by, you know, uh, non-goal setting and stuff like that. So talk to me about weariness and how you dealt with this especially as somebody that primarily is ministering to people in your pastoral role, because that could be really draining. It, it can be draining. I mean, it's like um, you've you got different kinds of people. You know, I, I liked being able to counsel, coach, mentor people. Um, just because I found it exciting helping people identify with their dreams, um, move forward, get a hold of a vision, 
um, that they've carried around and never did anything with in their life. To me, that was very exciting. But you're also going to have those people, especially in a pastoral role, who are needy and they're always in crisis and they're always I, I kind of look at them like vampires. You know, they they come in and they drain the life out of you and then they walk away. <laughs> so and they can leave you weary and you do have to protect yourself in the sense that you you have to stop that from happening you have to be able to know when to not allow someone to take up too much of your time not to oh one of the hardest lessons i i remember learning and and i learned it from uh, a pastor friend who i have a great deal of respect for um who told me how he had to deal with people. And that is to actually sit down with someone and say, you know what, we're not going anywhere because you don't want to go anywhere. And until you want to go somewhere, go find someone else to talk to. <laughs> and you think as a pastor, you don't do that kind of thing. You know, you always. <laughs> But but actually, that's kind of the kindest thing you can do to someone. Otherwise, you're just going to keep them in this rut that they're in and they're stuck and you have to help unstuck them. And sometimes that is pushing them, you know, pushing them out of the mud and saying, we're not going anyplace. And until you're ready to go someplace, you know, this this hole is full and you can't be here anymore. That, that is huge. And that's for any organization. I'm so glad you said that in the pastoral organization, because I think sometimes, you know, if killing them with kindness, they're still dead. And I think, um, you know, we talk about that, that a leader is somebody that can go from there's 18 inches from a pat in the back to a kick in the rear. And it, right. it, time as a leader, not just in the pastoral role, but in organizations, you need to know when people... I can't help you or I can't lead you if you are not willing to be led. And that's a different kind of weariness. I mean, there's good weary, you know, like, you know, going to bed because you helped somebody or you, you just knocked out a couple chapters or you just, the Lord gave you a lot of things to do and you did it. But then there's the bad weariness, the, the emotional vampires, as you call them, that just right. you and you got to guard that. You, you do. And, and it's it's important to um, to recognize that your your purpose is to help people and to help them isn't to constantly be at their beck and call and be, you know, I, I, I fell into the trap early on and I've cringed when I've heard other people do it using the wonderful saying. If you need me, call me anytime. <laughs> because I got many a call at three in the morning from someone who couldn't sleep and decided I shouldn't sleep too. <laughs> and and you, you can't do that. I mean, you're, you're, you're destroying yourself and you're not helping them. Uh, there is those, those times that you have to be able to tell people, Let's move forward. You know, if if someone is, if I can see that they're honestly struggling in an area, 
And they're really putting forth the effort and listening to counsel and doing the things that they need to do. I'll, I'll go to whatever length I need to go to in order to help them. But if, you know, you know, I used to, when I did coaching sessions, my, my routine was I would see you three times because at the end of three times, if I'm still dealing with the same problem, you're not listening. <laughs> you're either not listening or you have no desire to go anywhere. And it was over at the end of three times, you know, you've made progress and then we can decide what we're going to do from there on. And a lot of times that's all people need, you know, coaching, counseling, ministering of any kind should never be an open-ended affair. Because when it's open-ended, people will keep going and going and going. You know, that's the problem that secular counselors have. You know, people go for counseling and therapy for years. You know, you can't keep going for years. You have to be able to say, you know, this is, this is the ending point. So we got to work towards this. That learned helplessness. And like I said, I'm a big believer in counseling, therapy, all that stuff. But when I have friends that have been in for years and I always ask them, well, what did you guys cover today? And they, they say what they said a year ago. And I'm like, well, how is this, how is this helping? You're going back yeah. to the trough of the rut. And it's just the strangest thing. I've always thought that. And I'm like, well, maybe I'm not, maybe I'm not getting it, but but um, thank you for, I mean, that is really helpful for leaders to understand because somehow we get the stigma that, it, well, if you couldn't, if, if you can't lead them out of it, you're not good as a leader. But there is, it's, a, it's, it's like us and Christ. We both have to be in it. He's always in it. The question is, are we in it? And yeah. so you have to want to receive and be receptive and apply truth and help in order to move out of the pain point. So thank you, Jack. That, I mean, that is the biggest thing as a leader because then you'll burn out as a leader and you'll also neglect developing the good people because you're going to be so stuck dealing with the 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 ones that the the terminal and because they're terminal because they want to be terminal. Mm -hmm. And so uh, thank you so much for for talking about that and and sharing that. That's a, the, I love this three three like say toying with preschool. You tell kids ask three then me. Don't bug a teacher until you've already tried. <laughs> and that's what that reminded, reminded me of. So um, I love it. Thanks, Jack. Okay, so the next thing that he talked about was abandonment. And he said that we need to abandon what we want and like to think about in favor of what we ought and need to think about. So how do you stay intensely focused in a world of distractions, in a world of people calling you? You talked a little bit about setting healthy boundaries. But how do you really stay focused and abandon those things because um, I know every idea we get is not from the Holy Spirit, but yet we're all like, well, if this person called me, perhaps the Lord is opening up this door or this window. How do you exercise discernment in knowing what you should stay really focused on? You know, I am, I'm a big uh, note taker and I'm a planner. I like to plan things out and um, I make lists. <laughs> I and lists help keep me focused in that if when I'm setting a goal 
you know, people often talk about, you know, you, you got your goal setting and, and, and I'm not big into goal setting at the beginning of the year because, you know, I, if I haven't set goals during the year, then by, you know, the end of the year, it's too late. <laughs> you know? And so I'm always setting a new goal. But when I set a goal, I, I write it down. People talk about, you know, well, I know it in my head. Well, one of the things with the human brain is it leaks and we forget things or we're constantly changing things in that, you know, what we think about, this is what I want to do today. Tomorrow, I've added two things to it or I've forgotten part of, of what I had before. I write it down and I write it down in detail. Something I've, I've learned from reading a great deal of Napoleon Hill books, you know, it's I write it down in detail um, what I want, what it's going to look like, what it's going to smell like, what it's going to taste like. And, and then I go back to it and that keeps me focused because if I wander away from that, then I know that I'm off track. And I keep myself going back. And when I'm setting my schedules for whatever it is I'm doing, you know, my my writing. And again, I make a list when I'm going into my day. I know I got these things I'm going to do. Then I compare the, that list of my day with that goal. Am I am I doing things that are moving me forward or am I doing things that are going to take me off track? And even if they're good things. If they're taking me off track, then they're not good things for me. <laughs> you know, we, we look at things and think that if, if they're not bad, if they're not hurtful things or destructive things, then they're okay. Well, the good things can keep us off track just as well as the bad things can keep us off track. You just have to have it there. And I know that my brain is not set up to keep all those details in by itself. I need to have it written down so I can look at it and say, this is, this is where I'm going. This is what I'm going to do. And I look at it and that's the path I'm going to follow. I love it. And a lot of people will make excuses and everybody listening needs to understand everybody. I don't care if you're the most successful person in the world, the most scatterbrained, the most ADHD, I don't care, or the most focused. This is a habit everybody needs to do, even people with hyper-focus, because you, it is, I love the leaky brain analogy. And, and there are so many things or ideas uh, that come into our head. And unless we're really very diligent about staying singularly focused, we can go off topic and just a little bit each day. And by the end of the year, we've careened so, we're so far off course it's going to take a, we've wasted a lot of resources and that's really what it's a part, you know, yes. Is, is it going to end our lives or whatever? Probably not, but we're going to waste resources. And we only have a finite time on this earth with a finite time of resources. So we, we want to be good stewards of our time and resources. So right. you always strike me as somebody that's very organized. So it's good to hear that you need the tools, the resources, the means to keep you just as focused as, as I see you are. Well, you know, if you if you talk to and I know you do. And one of the great things about your your podcast, which I make a point of watching, <laughs> you know, one of the things that you find with successful people 
is these are their habits. These are the things that they do. And, you know, when you read the, the books and the, the blogs and the different things of people who have successful habits, you find these are the things that they do. And when you do the things successful people do, you get the results successful people get. <laughs> I was talking to Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich, was he interviewed 500 people and distilled it all down to the same things. And that, and that's what, you know, as a researcher, that's what kind of these podcasts are. I ask the same four questions and I'm hearing these threads come out from successful people. But everybody really works on this because I think, um, you know, vision isn't the problem. We're all persistent as all get out. We all have the Holy Spirit, so we have the resources. But for me, I find with leaders, staying focused. Is, can make or break you. And it's it's not, what do I need to do, but where do I need to dial it in? And I think that's that's the thing that I struggle with the most because I'll work till the cows come home and I will not quit and I am adaptive and blah, blah, blah. But, but I got to, you know, we, in the military, we call it all thrust and no vector. I just don't want to, well, that plume everywhere, really dialing it in. So I, yeah. I really appreciate that. Excellent. And the last point, Jack, that my father talked about was vision. And what he referred to as vision was seeing what needs to be done and then executing it. So how do you hone your vision, that discernment? How do you bring along the, the executors and, and the right people to make the right things happen at the right time? Well, I think a lot of that goes to um, the whole process of learning. I, I consider myself a a constant student. <laughs> you know, I, I have talked to many people who have been in leadership or who are building careers who really have no time in their life to learn. And my response to them is then you have no time to grow. You're never going to succeed at what you're doing because we always have to learn. And as I said earlier, you know, in writing, you're alone a lot. So I have to purposely go and get things that I can learn. My first resource is reading. I'm an avid reader. I, you know, both my wife and I read lots and lots of books <laughs> and, and I read with a purpose. I don't just read to read a book. I read with a purpose. I read for things that are going to help me to learn and to grow. Um, I read old authors. I read new authors. I read books more than once. I have a couple of books that I will make a point of reading every single year. You know, I, and you think you've read that book already, you know, and there are people who think that way. I've read that book already. And yet, you know, it's, uh, there's, there's a great book called Spiritual Leadership by Oswald Sanders. And I have read Spiritual Leadership every year for, I would say, 20 years now. <laughs> you know, and, and I still will, what, few lines are not already underlined. I'll still make notes and things because I learn something new every time I read the book because there's something there that connects with me. Not every book someone's going to read is going to connect with them, but there's a lot that will. And, you know, you got books. I, 
I, my, we subscribe to a great courses channel so that we take courses, you know, in uh, all kinds of things so that we're constantly learning. Um, I make a point that I'm, you know, connecting with people who are much smarter than I am, are much more advanced than I am, because it's like, you know, a, a great tennis player. Um, to hone their game, they're always going to want to practice with someone who's better than they are. You don't practice with somebody who's you know you're going to beat. You want someone who's going to push you to the edge. The same thing in our relationship. We should always be talking to people who are smarter than we are because that's how we learn. That's how we grow. That's where we get all these connections. So you have to learn and learning has to be done Purposely, you know, yeah, you have to do it with with a purpose and on purpose that you're constantly growing. that keeps your vision home and that keeps you constantly forward because that's where you learn and then you apply what you've learned. Chambers has one of my favorite quotes and he says we should always choose our books the way we choose our friends a little bit above us and beyond our reach so that we become we stretch. Yeah, I mean, I've just I've always loved that. So back circling back to your point through the abandonment for listeners or leaders that say, well, I'm too busy, Jack. I'm running a 50 million person company with 20 gazillion dollars. I don't have time to No, Like Jack said in the previous thing, go back to stage three, abandon lists. You can cut time out. If you can watch TV for an hour, you can read for an hour. If you can get on yep. social media for three hours, well, you sure can. <laughs> You sure can read. So, I mean, I, I love that. And it always baffles me whenever I hear leaders say, well, you know, I don't, I don't have to read it or I'm, I'm close to the end of my retirement or I've got, there's nowhere in me to go in the corporation. I'm like, yeah, but, yeah, but you've got, you know, even if you retire tomorrow, you've got another 20, 30 years to live life and you're going to be making leadership decisions about your health, um, your longevity, your investments. I mean, don't you want to know? what's out there or what's to come. It's the strangest thing. Well, you know, learning is, is life. It's part of what it is. I'm, I'm 70 years old and I'm, you know, I'm hoping that I learn a lot of new stuff over the next, you know, few years because I, I never want to stop discovering, stop, learning and the the fact that there is opportunity out there that you don't even know about you know people who think that they're too busy to to learn and to grow then they really what are you busy for obviously you don't want to have the the most success in your business that you want because to do that you have to invest in business you can't invest any better than to learn if you are retired and sold your business, then you turn to investing in people and serving. Exactly. Sucking resources the next 20 years. And it's like, but we need you. you. You've come to this pinnacle of your life. And my dad used to tell me, hey, Tracy, you're wet behind the ears until you're 55. So now I'm 56. So I'm like, okay, now I'm just starting to figure it out. And he would always say that. He's like, man, I thought I was smart in my 60s. I didn't know anything. I, then I got found out in my 70s. I didn't. And he's like the, the most... Um, smart and active people and giving people just he's in our 90s and there are people in their hundreds that are still serving and and being a testimony and learning 
the, the mind is a muscle and, yeah. and we have the mind of Christ. And so therefore we can continue to hone and refine up until the veil is lifted and we, we get the mind of Christ in reality. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, you can always grow. You can all, you're here to make things better. And if you're going to just stop, then that's time that the Lord can just take you home. You know? And when he's ready to do that, then I'm ready to go. But until then, obviously, I have something that I'm to do here, and I need to prepare to do that, and I'll continue to do that. Right. Finish the race strong. Yeah, my dad <laughs> said they were retired. He would actually like slap them and say, don't you talk, if they were Christians, don't you talk so stupid? There's no retirement in the Christian walk. You, you know, you <laughs> It's up until the end, up until your last breath. And, it's, and they're like, well, okay. <laughs> the funniest thing. So, all right, Jack. Well, thank you so much for your insights on all of that. You, any uh, parting thoughts you want to share with our audience, with our leaders listening? You know, one of the, the advantages that leaders have, and I really want to stress this one thing, is you have an opportunity to look and discover people. I believe everyone has great potential. Someone, someone is going to find a cure for cancer. Someone is going to find how to feed the hungry, how to purify water in countries that have no clean water. There's so many things that are yet to be discovered. Now, I may not be the person to do that, but I may come across the person who will. So I can inspire them, I can encourage them, and in some way I've got my fingers inside of something great that's going to happen. Every leader needs to see every person who that they're leading has the potential to change the world, and they have the potential to influence that change. Do that, and it leadership becomes exciting, it becomes thrilling, and the people you need are not a burden. They're, in fact, the, the engine of excitement. They're your fuel that move you forward because you just don't know who's there. The most unlikely people have gone on to do the most incredible things, and you could be the force behind it. So... That's that's my little parting thought for yeah, you. I'm glad we stuck around for that. You're like a tremendous talent scout. I love <laughs> that. And you know, we all have the God seed, the Imago Day in us. It's there. Yeah. It, it, the question is, do, do you have people in your life to ignite that? Or and then are you gonna put like we talked about this, are you gonna put your part into it to keep it to not quench it? So, oh Jack, thank you so much for that beautiful insight. And that that is really a, a beautiful way to look at leadership. I love it. So how can people get in touch with you, Jack, and get, get your tremendous books and all those great things? You can, all, all the books are on Amazon if they want to look. Uh, they're all under John Patrick Hickey. That's my writing name. Jack is what my friends and family call me. Okay. Um, and uh, they can also go to my website, which is johnpatrickhickey.com. So there they can find my blogs, my videos, um, the books, articles, all kinds of resources that are there, and they can get in touch with me through there, too. So um, welcome to do that. I love it. And then we'll put the links at the bottom of this, uh, of this uh, podcast okay. find it, too. But, Jack, I just want to say it's just it's wonderful to be back in touch with you. Thank you so much for what you've taught me. 
for all you share with the world and for what you share with our listeners. Oh, thank you, Tracy. It's been wonderful to talk to you again and just watching the things that you're doing. It's it's thrilling. I mean, I, I'm just so blessed to see what's going on in your life and how you're growing and uh, you're really doing so much. I, I just appreciate you so much. Well, thank you. And thank you for the opportunity to introduce my followership to you and for all the encouragement and support that you've been to me since I came back to start this chapter of my life, Jack. (laughs) All right. And to our tremendous listeners, thanks so much for tuning in. Have a tremendous day. Thank you for listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Find out more about Dr. Jones at www.tremendousleadership.com. If you've been ignited by something you heard in this episode, Let us know by leaving a review for Tremendous Leadership wherever you listen to podcasts or by sending us a message through www.tremendousleadership.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.